sandwiches, ice cream, coffee and snacks, and many other pleasing treats. Our foods are fresh and tasty, our drinks satisfying and refreshing. They're so good. Welcome to Average Joe's Drive-In. And now, on with the show.
everybody. Welcome to episode 108 of Average Joe's Drive-In. You just heard music from Thy Enemy. The song is called Vacant Eyes. You can find it on their band camp. Uh, I believe you can also find that one on Spotify and a whole bunch of other formats, um, streaming sites, stuff like that. Be sure to check those guys out on Facebook. And I'm not sure if they have an Instagram. I know for sure they have a Facebook and a Bandcamp. So just go on either site and type in Thy Enemy. We'll have another track from them coming up towards the end of the show. Uh, this week's episode, we've got most of your usual favorite segments, I guess. Uh, <laughs> the first, uh, The first thing up, though... We're going to kick it off this week with movie reviews. Hey, everybody, it's time for some movie reviews on Average Joe's Drive-In. This portion of the show, each episode, I pick, you know, a handful of movies to review. Uh, could be older ones, newer ones. doesn't really matter. It's just stuff that I watched. And uh, we are going to kick it off uh, this time with a movie from 2003 called... Undead. See you later. Oh God, I hope no one's hurt. No evidence of the alleged plague sweeping through the town has been reported. Have you ever seen anything like this before? How did they know where we were? They can smell us. They want to feed off us. Crazies definitely come to this town for a visit. This film was directed by Michael Sparig and Peter Sparig, also known as the Sparig Brothers. Uh, it's 97 minutes long. In the synopsis, Crazy has come to town for a visit. A quaint Australian fishing village is overcome by meteorites that turn its residents into the ravenous undead, leaving a small group of those unharmed to find a way out. Now, I haven't seen this one in, in years. I had been uh, trying to track down a copy for a while. Uh, it, it's As far as I know, I think it's out of print, but I was finally able to do so. This holds up well. It's a low-budget masterpiece with an interesting storyline. Sure, it has its flaws, but that doesn't stop it from being an enjoyable ride. This is a prime example of what you can do on a small budget when there is talent and passion behind the project. It's a good blend of genre categories, and the variety is what sets it apart from other films. Um, most of those seem to have a hard time finding balance when blending different genres like this. This does not. 
It flows smoothly. It never seems out of place. Highly recommended for genre fans if you have never seen it, if you can find a copy. I give it three and a half out of five stars. Up next, from 1976, Rocky. You know, I've been coming in for six years, and six years you've been sticking it to me. I want to know how come. You want to know? I want to know! Okay, I'm going to tell you. Because you had the talent to become a good fighter. And instead of that, you became a leg worker. Some cheap second-rate loan shark. To live in? It's a waste of life. I figure if I break the guy's thumb, he gets laid off, right? He can't make Yeah, well, don't money. figure. Let me do the figure, okay, Rock? From here on, just let me do the figure. Come on! Wanna hit me? Come on! I'll break both your arms so they don't work for you. <laughs> Bucks. You and your girl, Adrian, you have a nice time, eh? Thanks. Rob. What? Remember what I told you. What'd you tell me? Take her to the zoo. Oh, come on, Adrian, come on! is the land of opportunity. Yeah. Apollo Creed does. And he's gonna prove it to the whole world by giving an unknown a shot at the title. I need your help about 10 years ago, right? 10 years ago, you never helped me. You didn't care. Well, if you wanted help, I say, if you wanted help, why didn't you ask? Why didn't you just ask me, kid? Look, I asked, but you never heard nothing. Nobody's ever gone the distance with Creed. And if I can go that distance, seeing that bell rings and I'm still standing, I weren't just another bum from the neighborhood. I mean, who am I kidding? I ain't even in the guy's league. Wish me luck. I'm gonna need it. Good luck. Don't leave town. This film was directed by John G. Avildsen, and it's 119 minutes. 
When world heavyweight boxing champion Apollo Creed wants to give an unknown fighter a shot at the title as a publicity stunt, his handlers choose Palukia Rocky Balboa, an uneducated collector for a Philadelphia loan shark. Rocky teams up with trainer Mickey Goldmill to make the most of this once-in-a-lifetime break. Now, I haven't seen any of the Rocky films in years, uh, some since I was a teenager, but these were a staple of my youth, and I was curious to see how they'd hold up. Uh, this is still a fantastic film. Honestly, this is one of the least viewed of the franchise for me, probably next to uh, Five and Balboa. Um, great performances and a lot of heart. I feel like that's why this film still holds up so well after all these years. What person can't relate in one form or the other to being an underdog who never got their shot? This film embraces that concept, and that's a big reason it's remained so special. Even after almost 44 years later, the, the themes of this movie still remain true. And my last review for this episode from 1982, The Beastmaster. It was foretold by witches. It was conceived through sorcery. And it was to be destroyed by all that is evil. But the courage of one mortal saved it. And so, into an age of darkness, in a time of mysticism, sacrifice, and plunder, there came the only light, the Beastmaster. Born with the strength of a black tiger, the courage of an eagle, the power that made him more than any hero. More than any lover. He was lord and master over all beasts. He was the beast master. Behold the wonder. The horror. The fantasy. The challenge of the one warrior they call the beast master. Mark Singer is Dar. Tanya Roberts is Carrie. Rip Torn is Mayak. John Amos is Seth. Together they take us on a fascinating journey back into unexplored times. Conquer your fears. Face the unknown. And discover the incredible link between man, animal, and all that is phantasmagorical. In the world of dungeons, dragons, and Dar. The Beastmaster. The epic adventure of a new kind of hero. This film was directed by Don Coscarelli and is 118 minutes. Dar is the son of a king who is hunted by a priest after his birth and grows up in another family. When he becomes a grown man, his new father is murdered by savages, and he discovers that he has the ability to communicate with the animals, 
which leads him on the quest for revenge against his father's killers. This is another one. It has been ages since I last saw this one. Um, but it's one that I watched a ton as a kid. And it still holds up pretty well. I mean, for what it is, you got to kind of take that at face value, I guess. And uh, this is, I still think this is one of the better 80s sword and sorcery flicks. Um, if you grew up in the 80s, it, like me, um, I was just, I love the sword and sorcery films. You know, I was always fascinated by those and they always entertained the hell out of me. And this was one of those ones along with like the Conan movies, um, Krull, Legend, stuff like that. You know, those were all films that I watched over and over and over and over because I, I just love those types of films. Um, and it's kind of weird because I still have never seen any of the sequels to this franchise. So I'm kind of curious about tracking those down and, uh, you know, after, especially after seeing this again, I'm sure there, you know, there's probably a reason I've never seen him, but I'm kind of curious just to go and, uh, and check him out, I guess. But, uh, the Beastmaster is definitely one that I need to pick up on like Blu-ray or something. Um, I watched this on Amazon Prime, and it looked like it might have been a Blu-ray, you know, like a restored Blu-ray type transfer, because it looked great. Um, if you've never seen this one and you like Sword and Sorcery Flicks, um, I definitely would re recommend uh, tracking it down and checking it out. Um, it's uh, I give it three, three and a half out of five stars. Um, that's, you know... A, Sword and Sorcery flick, three and a half out of five stars. You know, not like a Tarantino, three and a half out of five stars. You kind of got to rate the genres appropriately to, you know, suit, <laughs> suit the need, I guess. Um, anyway, so that wraps up this review section of, uh, movie review section of Average Joe's Drive-In. Back to your regular scheduled programming. Uh, I didn't bother to do a soapbox segment, you know, this episode, with everything that's been going on, I feel like I'm just harping about the same stuff. There was a few things I toyed with about talking about, and I, you know, it was like, eh, they're good subjects and all, but I just, they're, they're kind of downers right now, and because of, there's just like, life is not normal, so it's kind of hard to get out and uh, find some positives going on and things, I guess. You know, and there are, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of positives going on, uh, along with the negatives. But it all ties into the same thing, and frankly, I'm tired of talking about it, and I just want it to be done with. So up next is a short story from author Jeremy Flagg. The story is called Secret Identities Incorporated. Now, if you're not familiar with Jeremy Flagg's work, you need to go to www.jeremyflagg.com, and you can find out more about his universe. He writes a lot of, like, uh dystopian sci-fi superhero type stuff he also you know dabbles in horror very articulate guy very interesting uh works you know his children in nostradamus series is phenomenal if you are into superhero sci-fi type shit you will love it he was gracious enough to give me uh permission to do the story secret identities incorporated which you're gonna hear next and i hope you enjoy it and like i said at the end i will repeat his website here it is, Secret Identities Incorporated by author Jeremy Flagg. Secret Identities Incorporated by Jeremy Flagg. Read 
by Thomas Washburn Jr. Janice, call in the first applicant. Yes, Mr. Robinson. He ignored her sarcasm. Steve Robinson released the button on his speakerphone and straightened his tie while attempting to position himself comfortably in the high back leather chair. The large desk contained only the bare essentials, phone, computer, a stack of papers, and a single pen. All items lined up parallel to the edge of the desk. He lifted the applicants and shuffled them until they were aligned at perfect 90 degree angles. He examined the resume on top of the stack of applicants. The company logo bounced around on his computer. Secret Identities Incorporated started as an app for his phone, an attempt to crowdsource breakouts in superhuman activity. Now they occupied their first office, perhaps not in the most glorious part of town, but at least the operation had progressed from the basement of his house. Janice, his sister-in-law, against his better judgment, stood in as his secretary while he attempted to grow his business. His pocket buzzed. He slid the phone out enough to catch a glimpse of the screen. A giant yellow V flashed on the screen. Somewhere close, someone registered a supervillain sighting. Not a burglar or a carjacker, somebody with a superhuman abilities defying the laws of physics, was in the midst of a crime. Bank heists were normal in this area of the city, this being the third since it set up shop. He couldn't afford the safest neighborhood. He shoved the phone back into his pants as the door opened. Today marked the beginning of what he hoped would be a lifelong business venture. He handled the coding of the software. Janice, when she put down her gossip magazines, managed the office. The next logical step, hire customer service and sales reps. His jaw dropped as the figure struggled to fit through the doorway. The mammoth turned sideways as he ducked, giving his impressively wide shoulders extra room to maneuver. The man dwarfed Steve's impressive 6 foot 4 and 250 pounds. Rarely did the developer feel insecure next to another man. Now he took stock of his insignificance. Hi, Steve squeezed out. Hello, Mr. Robinson, the applicant said with a smile. Steve reached across the desk, expecting a professional handshake. Steve's hand disappeared as a giant clasped it with both of his enormous mitts in an eager embrace. No, Steve never felt so small in his life. Do I know you from somewhere? No, the applicant replied quickly. You, you sure? I'm convinced I've seen you somewhere before. Perhaps television. Nope, not at all. Just a boring average Earthman. Steve motioned to the chair. The man parted his perfect blonde hair down one side. His dark blue suit appeared to be several sizes too small. The buttons on his shirt strained to hold back the man's righteous pecs. Steve couldn't imagine many tailors working with such a statuesque man. He wondered if the man dressed that way on purpose to accentuate the uncanny amount of muscle lying beneath the thin, taut fabric. Thank you for coming in, Mr... Mr. Supreme, but you can call me Samwell. Samwell Supreme. The man could bench press a Buick. How does parents foresee the need to name him Sam Supreme? Did Jan Janice include the resume as a joke? Revenge for marrying her brother and stealing him away? 
if it wasn't for Steve's husband, should still be unemployed and living in her parents' basement. Secret Identities Incorporated started as a way to alert the public to the presence of superhumans. It utilizes a crowdsource principle that lets people notify the world when they stumble upon superheroes. The more people who report, the more urgent the signal. We're currently in the process of expanding our operations and need to hire a customer service representative. The behemoth of a man sat on the edge of his chair, unable to sit comfortably due to the chair's arm squeezing his uncanny girth. His chiseled chin rested below the most sincere and heartwarming smile. Steve took a moment to ponder how well this man must do at ladies' night. His symmetrical dimples provided a dash of innocence, while his glasses gave him a bit of sophistication. Steve leaned over his desk, squinting to inspect the man's face. Do your glasses have lenses? Sam's face turned several shades of red. He fidgeted. I'm very excited for the opportunity to join the Secret Identities team. Steve stepped back to reality. He needed an employee for customer relations. Ah, right. Thank you for coming in. I see here. He scanned the resume again and stopped on his last place of employment. You worked as a barista at Coffee Coffee Coffee? It was a great job, Mr. Robinson. I had the, the bestest time talking to the customers and learning about their earth traditions. I enjoyed making their day extra super. May I ask why you were let go? His bottom lip extended, his pout almost comical. He averted his eyes for a moment, looking more like a child caught with his hand in the cookie jar. Sam finally took a deep breath, his massive shoulders relaxing, giving the hard-working buttons of his dress shirt a short break. They said I asked for too much time off. Is it true? At the time, I was trying to balance my professional life and my work life. Professional and work, you mean professional and personal. Something about the man seemed ever so slightly off. Yes, you are correct, Mr. Robinson. That's right. Steve scribbled some notes on the page. He leaned back in his chair, captured by the perpetual grin plastered on Sam's face. Where do you see yourself in five years? Good question, Mr. Robinson. Steve required more coffee to deal with Sam's enthusiasm. The applicant established the pleasant nature necessary for angry customers. I'm hoping to be a part of a team. You know, a group. People who can work together to change the world for the better. Steve was about to follow up when a loud bang sounded off in the distance. Steve's pocket vibrated. He pulled out his phone, the V turning red. The building shook. Looks like a villain has been sighted in town. I wonder if we should head to the neutral zone. Villains might be frequently trying to take over the planet, but thankfully, they demonstrated a code of conduct. During the Super Peace Meet Summit, villains agreed to leave areas off-limits to their machinations. In the sketchier neighborhoods, schools and senior centers were considered safe havens. At least villains respected a proper education in taking care of their elders. Sam jumped to his feet, chest puffed out. He froze as if waiting for somebody to take his photo. He held his glasses in his hand as he struck a dashing pose, staring off into nothingness. 
With a flip of his hair, Steve believed the man could be a shampoo model or on the cover of a romance novel. Even his voice rang with confidence. I'm sure one of the heroes will come to save the day. Steve spun his chair to peer out the window. He hoped to catch a glimpse of a supervillain in action. His love of comic books served as superhero evil counterparts started to appear. He created the program for his phone to keep track of emerging superhumans, wanting to witness their fantastic powers. Now the app alerted the public to the presence of heroes and villains, a recipe guaranteeing an epic fight. Heroes always derailed the dastardly deeds of villains, and then deposited them in superhuman supermax prison in the harbor. It's hothead, Steve exclaimed. The villain, known for scalding temper, exaggerated by a fire-covered lower half of his body. The powered man zoomed past the building, fire erupting from his hands to the streets below. Steve noticed Sam's expression change from glee to fear. Something almost comedic on the big man's face. Second passed as Steve watched Hothead. When he turned back to Sam, the gigantic man was nowhere to be found. They're villains. I get being scared, but running away? Really? The cascading muscles? Classic overcompensation? He hoped he didn't find Samuel cowering in the stairwell. Steve believed the temperature in the room increased, either from the supervillain or perhaps the broken air conditioner. He wasn't sure. A quick inspection of his phone gave all the relevant information bystanders may need. Pyro? Flight, Hothead's origin, a tragic fire at a chemical plant granted him powers. With a swipe of Steve's finger, several images of the man appeared, both in his superhero outfit and in his street clothes. He really should work on his disguise. He's not even trying. Outside his window, Hothead spewed fire like a human flamethrower. The screams of gangsters and hoodlums erupted from the street. Steve strained against the glass to behold his target, a, her a hero, a classic match, two superbowers combining above the city streets. An unsaid rule required heroes to wear bright, vibrant colors while villains bask in their deep tones and black. Lots of black. Mr. Supreme. Wait. Steve did a double take, eyeing the empty seat across from his desk. Superheroes were common, but that common? He tried to visualize Sam, tightly bound in form-fitting spandex in a miniature blue cape. It can't be him. Sam had glasses. He thought about the possibility. Nah, he said, half laughing at the thought, that one of his potential hires might be a superhero. He jotted down some notes about Samuel, mostly reminding him the interview ended early due to his cowardice from a B-rate supervillain. He scribbled a maybe next to the man's name. Fire bounced off Mr. Supreme's chest. The flames washed over the hero's body, barely shifting his iconic blonde hair. Mr. Supreme didn't have much in the way of flashy powers like some of the heroes. He didn't wield built-in missile launchers or the ability to rain down lightning on his foes. Mr. Supreme flew close to Hothead, and with a single punch, the villain flew in an in an arc three streets away. Steve left the window as Victor raced after a flailing hothead. 
He got himself situated in his chair again. He eyed his cell phone, an image of Mr. Supreme and the words victory flashing on the screen. If the brutish man wore spectacles, Samuel could have an identical twin. Couldn't be, he muttered. Steve shoved the device in his pocket, thinking if the hero was indeed Samwell, he needed to work a bit harder on his secret identity. He pressed the button on his desk phone. Janice, could you send in the next applicant? She pouted. Steve, a superhero battle is taking place outside right now. Mr. Supreme just clobbered Hothead, like right outside my window. I told you leaving your basement was a bad idea. He ignored her jab. He happily traded spiderwebs in mildew for jewelry store robberies. He opened the manila folder with the applications and stared at another resume. Beautifully decorated, name emphasized with looping calligraphied letters, he expected a woman sweeter than Sam. The door opened and he raised his head. Felicia Fierce. Got something to say about it? He sat back in his chair, partially for comfort, partially to put more distance between him and the overly aggressive woman. His sister's recommendation came to mind. A gun mounted under his desk would be a warm comfort sitting across from this applicant. She plopped down in the chair, draped one of her legs over the wooden arm. The magenta maxi dress, complete with black pearls, revealed an elegance her personality lacked. Fluorescent purple hair and matching fingernails polished. Now, that seemed fairly appropriate. Want to stare a little harder? Take all this in, big boy. Somewhere on her body, she hit a tattoo of a man being decapitated. He knew it. Perhaps scribbled across her dominum the words, Rage, Murder, Kill. The slit up the side of her dress gave way to a black garter. He couldn't be sure, but she might be hiding a hunting knife on her thigh. A very threatening hunting knife. Miss Fierce, he tried to hide his nerves. What makes you think you're a good fit for a customer service manager position at Secret Identities Incorporated? She dropped her leg and leaned in, closing the distance between them. The dark makeup around her eyes made them more frightening than the knife. He suspected she got laid off from her last job for attempting to kill her boss. Her eyebrows sculpted to perfection, closed in on one another as she licked her lips preparing to go for the kill. I've been told I have a way with people. What way might that be? Why did he ask that? Certainly she would reach across the desk and drag him screaming to the floor. His fingers dug into the arms of the chair as he considered stooping under the desk for safety. It's obvious I'm a ray of frickin' sunshine. Why do you want to work at Secret Identities Incorporated? He secretly wished she would remember the body left bound in the trunk of her car and leave the interview. Perhaps leave in pursuit of terrifying a gaggle of Girl Scouts until they surrendered their thin mints. He yelped as his cell phone vibrated. He maintained eye contact with the ferocious Felicia Fierce. Several things sounded. The villain proximity alert. Again, he mumbled. Typically, the app buzzed when something super occurred. For the phone to be digging, there must be a bigger threat than Hothead. He couldn't imagine why so many villains were active today. 
Steve wanted to place his cheek against the window behind him to see which villain appeared only minutes after a Mr. Supreme sighting. He locked eyes with the woman, uncertain if turning his back on her would be a wise decision. She pulled out her phone and swore loudly. I have to go, but I can't. I can start on Monday. I better hear from you. We haven't finished the interview. She slapped her hands down on his desk, getting as close as the piece of furniture allowed her. I'm the daughter of Carnies. I competed in the Olympics as the world's youngest gymnast, and the thing you have to know about me... She paused. Her eyes devoured him as they worked up and down his body. She waited until he asked, What should I know? Her whisper terrified him more than the knife in her garter. I always get what I want. Steve wrote crazy call cops on her application. Frightening in person, but in a sales position, if she could intimidate people on the phone as well as she had him, she might have a career with him. He added a maybe next door name. Before he could ask another question, something bright flew at his face, landing on his head. Don't kill me, you can have the job. He heard the door open and slam shut. He pulled at the fabric, a dress, her dress, the one she had just been wearing. He reached over to his phone and pressed the intercom button to the front desk. Janice, did a naked woman backflip out of my office? Not naked, she had on heels. A world-class weightler and a venomous vixen. A primal scream outside grabbed Steve's attention. Is the lease breakable if the building gets destroyed? With the power battling happening so close, he understood why the neighborhood appeared empty. He couldn't remember if he bought death ray insurance. He should. Speaking of roofs, across the street, a man wearing a black trench coat carrying a massive gun. Strolling along the tops of the apartment building, Kilsley, a world-renowned mercenary who hunted down his victims in exchange for money. The man raised his gun, firing into the air, wanting all attention focused on him. Steve imagined mad cackling. There must be cackling. It's what evil people do. Steve dropped down to the floor, his eyes high enough to peer over the ledge of the window. Out of nowhere, a woman swung onto the roof, rolling, rolling to a crouching position. She gripped a whip, hanging from her waist. With lightning-fast movement, the whip snapped, knocking the gun from Kilsey's hands. Are you serious? Purple hair? Sensational purple hair? The trademark of Fero? The aerobic femme fatale? The female hero's magenta bodysuit reminded him of Felicia, her dress still sitting on his desk. Two? Two heroes in one day? Were they even trying to blend in at this point? They should be a bit more concerned about their secret identity. It made sense. Damn. As she, as she flipped through the air, her high-heeled boot knocked the spit from her foe's mouth. Steve believed he uncovered the reason why heroes flocked to his office building. Feral ducked under a sword swipe. She punched him in the throat and grabbed his neck and leg, raising the villain over her head. She screamed, a guttural cry. The feral trademark. Steve cringed as she slammed the man downward. Fitting her name, she jumped on the way down, driving her elbow into the man's torso. 
She sprung to her feet, a victory dance taking place like she made a winning touchdown. As she thrust her hips and bounced her backside, Steve admitted she might not be the most family-friendly superhero running through the streets. At least she has an outlet for all that rage, he said, climbing back to his feet. The woman tied up Gilsey, but not before she pulled out her cell phone and took a selfie with the man. She posed with an unconscious Kilsey on the ground, pursing her lips and exaggerating her deep cleavage. As the siren sounded, she tucked away her phone and leapt off the roof in a perfect dive. His self dinged multiple times. He reconsidered going back to the oh-so-safe garage, a black V. That meant a citywide villain event. As the symbol blinked on the screen, he contemplated the confusing user interface. He set his phone on the desk as the building rumbled. Unlike before, the tremors continued. Outside, on the street below, a horde of mutant insects clawed their way from sewer grates. The swarm grew steadily until the avenue vanished underneath their durable exoskeletons. King Might, scourge of the insect kingdom, rode atop his infamous ten-foot-tall Pragmanus. He raised his scepter into the air, pointing forward, urging his minions to wreak havoc on the city. Mr. Supreme roared past the window, clobbering two wasps before a dragonfly collided with him from behind. The bug grabbed his tiny blue cape and dragged him off as he tried valiantly to reach the perpetrator. Mr. Supreme, Steve couldn't believe it. The battle barely underway and already one of the most impressive heroes neutralized. He hoped Supreme rustled his way to freedom. The other heroes needed his brute strength. On the apartment building across the street, Pharaoh returned, swinging open the stairwell door. Okay, taking the stairs to a fight, not nearly as dramatic as I hoped for. Steve tried to hide his glee as she cartwheeled and somersaulted through the pinchers of two man-sized rhino beetles. He gasped as she switched directions, jumping underneath one beetle and snapping her whip at the other. With a snap of her wrist, the whip wrapped around the legs of a beetle. She pulled a knife from a holster on her leg. I knew it! She struck the insect in the head, piercing its exoskeleton. An angry man-sized housefly landed behind her. With perfect form, she flipped backward, landing on its head. She straddled the winged beast while the beetle bounced back and forth, attempting to throw her. She's doomed, he whispered. Steve started to the door. His waiting room could only hold ten people, at best, but at least twenty people packed themselves into the space. The room looked like a guild of professional rustlers were idly waiting. He had a vague idea who some might be. The fiery hair or the body covered in tattoos. Did a wing just appear near the water cooler? The world appreciated their constant do-gooding, but somebody needed to show these titans how to fit in with mere mortals. Oh no, Steve said with a sense of fake urgency. King Might is running loose downtown with his insect army. Every eye focused on him. Did the woman have three eyes? No hero could resist the urge to demonstrate their superness. The energy transitioned from calm to agitated. 
Those at the door ducked out quickly, making no attempt to be coy about their vanishing. The rest awkwardly shuffled backwards. He needed to teach them how to politely duck out of a situation to don their superhero personas. I hope somebody nearby can save the day. I think I forgot my business cards at home, a man jumped to his feet and scurried towards the door. The applicant barely shut the door behind him as he tore away at his dress shirt, throwing buttons across the hallway. Oh, sorry, I already have a job, said a woman with a mousy grin. She turned and ran. The reps of the application stood up and hustled to the door. Did he catch a glimpse of a crossbow and an energy staff in the crowd? All the muscles straining to fit through the doorway caused a slight chuckle. At least the city would be safe now. He strolled into his office with a newfound purpose. Their contact information sat on his desk, home addresses and cell phones. What if superheroes worked for him on a superhero detection app? It wasn't enough to spot them while heroing. He would be able to help them adapt to their non-super world. He smiled at the thought. Ordinary Steve Robinson with the potential to be a hero for heroes. Ahem. Steve spun about to a young kid in his office. Perhaps there is a real applicant. The kid sat down in a chair as Steve walked behind his desk. The developer ignored the dozens of flying heroes assaulting the bug army. The kid's hoodie, the zipper down enough to reveal his tie and dress shirt. The kid swiped a button on his phone while Steve took a seat. With each swipe or jab at the electronic device, the kid's eyes rolled back, obviously annoyed at whatever taking place on his phone. Hi, I'm Nate Nicholson. The teen reached across the desk to shake his hand. I've been looking for an opportunity to work with a tech startup. How old? Nate held up his fingers. With his right hand, he swiped through his phone, clicking on the screen. After a few seconds of furious clicking, he returned to smiling. I'm 16. I have a work permit. So how did you... The finger again, furiously clicking, exasperated sigh. Your software is impressive. I deconstructed your code. There are definitely some errors you could prove upon. Did you consider adding a scrolling a Rolodex of superheroes? What about ge geolocating them using military satellites? This is for a customer service opportunity, not a coder. Hold on. More clicking. What are you? Steve jumped as a giant ladybug landed on the office window. One of nature's most adorable insects had an axe to grind. And, a two, and at 200 pounds, the bug had the opportunity, perhaps in an effort to change its good girl image. The ladybug started to thump against the glass, causing it to crack. We should run, Steve said as he started for the door. Perhaps because he lived in a world where re reality only existed on the screen. Nate didn't budge from his seat. Steve wondered if he should grab the child and run. More furious clicking. Steve stopped, reaching for Nathan as a drone hovered near the inset. A nearly invisible line of red light shot from the hovering robot, piercing the ladybug's thick hide. With a quick swipe, its head fell off, leaving the giant body clinging to the window. Did you build the small robot army? Combat King might? Yeah, that. Do I get the job? 
Steve straightened his jack and pulled at his tie until the fabric firmly hung around his neck. He gave a slight nod to Nathan. Steve smiled as he admired the disengaged team. Peeking over the kids' shoulders, Nathan liked a selfie of Feral stepping on Kilsey's neck on Instagram. Steve pressed the button on the intercom. Jinnies, can you call Sam Supreme and Felicia Fierce and let them know they're hired? Can't pay me, but you're hiring more customer service reps? I'm changing the game for Secret Identities Incorporated. Does that mean I finally get paid? asked the irate sister-in-law. His husband swore if he tried to fire Janice again, he'd be sleeping on the couch. Will would be baffled to hear Steve say he was keeping Janice on as the office manager. He watched as the bug army fell to the ground, belly side up. Eye beams, super strength, freeze rays, magical portals. With so many do-gooders out in the city, King Mike didn't stand a chance. He marveled at the grandeur of their power. I'm feeling generous, Janice, he yelled into the lobby. Dinner is on me. A groan. So, no paycheck? As another drone flew by the window, projecting lasers here and there, Steve held his hand out to the kid. Welcome to Secret Identities Incorporated. Please check out Jeremy Flagg's series, Children of Nostradamus. You can find his work on Amazon and other avenues. This story was Secret Identities Incorporated by Jeremy Flagg. Read by Thomas Washburn Jr. I really hoped you enjoyed that. I had a lot of fun reading it. There was a lot of parts there, I'm sure, as you noticed, where <laughs> I was trying to keep my composure, not laugh, because I, I thought they were, it was funny. It's a great story. It's very it's a very interesting take on the whole superhero thing. You know, thank you very much to Jeremy for letting me read that. If you enjoyed that story, he's got a lot of stuff out there. The Children of Nostradamus series is awesome. He also has kind of a, a funny, comedic, kind of young adult-ish series called Suburban Zombie High, which I really dug. I've, dug, I've read that whole thing. You can find him on Amazon and other sites, uh, but go to jeremyflag.com, check that out, and uh, I will post a link to his page in the show notes as well, so... Whatever you're listening to the show on, you just go there and click on the link. Uh, the same with the band Thy Enemy. I will have a link to their stuff in there. And I'll also have a link to the next section of the show, which is my friend, Samantha Ghost. And with me this week is the very multi-talented Samantha Ghost. Samantha, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing okay, enjoying the lovely weather, and try not to go too stir-crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know about you, but I've pretty much been on, like, home quarantine for, like, a month and a half now, and it's driving me nuts, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, same here, definitely. It's been crazy times, that's for sure. <laughs> so... Uh, for those of you who don't know who Samantha Ghost is, she's a YouTube personality, and uh, she's also modeled and acted and has kind of a very diverse background, but I will let her explain what the Samantha Ghost YouTube channel is all about. Okay, so basically, um, I decided to start my channel just as a hobby. 
But I really love telling stories, um, my own stories, along with other people's stories. I like doing educational things, um, all kinds of stuff, really. I also have a lot of music playlists because I love music. So there's really a little bit of everything on there. Yeah, that's one thing I like about I like about your channel. It's not just you do have a good variety of stuff on there, and it's very informative, and you kind of go in depth on stuff. But you also, I think you you do a very good job of not um, not dragging stuff out too long. Sometimes, which <laughs> sucks, you know, well, sometimes that's a problem, you know, because a lot oh, yeah. of people like me, you know, I have a the attention span of a you know doorknob, so. <laughs> Sometimes I like I like that shorter stuff that's in depth and kind of just right. gets gets to the point and tells you about stuff and that's one thing I I like about your you you know your oh. YouTube channel. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so real quick, where can people find your YouTube your YouTube channel? Um, well, if you go to YouTube, just type in Samantha Ghost, and my name should be one of the first that pops up. I know there's another account with Samantha Ghost, but you can tell that it's not me. <laughs> Right, right. Um, did uh, so. What you know? What got you interested in in doing the whole, um, you know, uh, like you know the whole, like almost documentary thing and that whole that whole side of things. What got you interested in doing that? Well, I've been watching documentaries basically my whole life, and that's just one of my favorite things to watch. And so I figured. If I like to watch it, other people will probably like to watch it. That's the great thing about YouTube is no matter who you are or what your channel is about, there's going to be an audience for you. So, I mean, you could do basically anything, even just sit in front of your camera and not say a word. There's an audience for that. So, I mean, it was just something that I decided to do. I mean, I, I always liked doing that in school. Like other people really hated doing class projects and stuff like that. But I loved it, especially when they let us be creative and pick our own topics I was usually the only one who would talk about ghosts or anything paranormal. And the class was always really interested, whether they wanted to admit it or not. <laughs> right. A lot of people thought I was the weird kid, and I was, and I, I'm very proud of that. But, um, yeah, I, I think I get a lot of people interested, which is really all I want to do. Right. Now, so, I mean, so far you've, you've been doing your channel for about a year now? Yep, about, about a year and a half-ish. I started at the end... Um, when I was about to turn 29, so about a year and a half ago. Oh, before you before you got old and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, so yeah so so that's cool. You, it, and I've noticed, you know, just from when you first started doing it to now, like the mm -hmm. ones that I've watched, you can definitely tell you've kind of you've re you're really starting to like find your rhythm and your comfort zone. And yeah, I've noticed, you know, a big difference there as far oh. as. As, as just the overall comfort level of you doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, at first it was really awkward. I'm sure a lot of people that do YouTube will say that. In the beginning, it is kind of weird just talking to yourself. Um, but once <laughs> you start, you know, having some people trickle in that are, you know, they become loyal fans and they're always there. Every video I post, I have at least four or five people that are regulars and they're always, you know, encouraging me and telling me that I'm doing a great job. So that really helps a lot. So I don't know. It just over time, it I, I became more comfortable with it. So yeah, I think it's, it's like anything. I can relate from a podcast standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, especially those first mm. handful of episodes that I did. And you're you're trying to do the <laughs> interview. You're trying to do what we're doing right now. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't want to like. I hate writing questions down and like sticking to a mm -hmm. strict format. 
Mm-hmm. I think it works a lot better when it's more organic and just kind of goes right. where it goes and flows. Mm-hmm. You know how how it works out because I feel like that feels more natural instead of so what are you doing and why <laughs> yeah. are you doing this? I mean, obviously you've got certain questions you want to ask to your guests, right? And, you know, vice versa. But it's uh, I found some of my favorite episodes are the ones that just completely go off trail of where we originally started talking about. Oh, <laughs> Those yeah. always seem to be like the funniest ones or the funniest oh, yeah. ones, you know. <laughs> So, like, how how do you prepare for an episode? I guess is a good is something I'm curious about. Um, well, it's kind of funny, actually. I'm I'm still kind of just doing it all on a whim. I'll get an idea for a video. I'll do if it's a like a, a an educational video. I'll do all the research, write it all in my notes on my iPhone, and then I just kind of sit in front of the camera and I do at least fifty takes for each <laughs> scene that you see in my videos. So what you don't see is me swearing and being like, damn, you know, like, got to do that over again. So that happens a lot. I have to start and then restart, and then eventually it comes out the way I want it to. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I absolutely hear that. A lot mm-hmm. of, uh, a lot of like, the sections I do on this show, that happens. You know, I'll, I'll start, especially, like, review stuff, I'll start mm-hmm. reading off my card, being like, oh, da-da-da-da, you know, that's like, oh, I messed that up. I got to redo it again. Yep. So, and some of them, and then you get stuck on one certain thing, and it's like, <laughs> yes. you'll be perfect all the way through, mm-hmm. and then it's like, no, 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 it's like, oh, yep. I got to do that again. <laughs> and then, it exactly. just, it, then it's a war of attrition, trying to, like, actually get that part of it done. And Very so, true. So yeah. I completely fail you there on the frustration, because <laughs> you're, you're trying to, like, you want to make it as best you can. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about you, but sometimes I just get to a point and I'm just like, that's good enough. I'm stopping <laughs> yeah. because if I do it anymore, I'm going to pick mm-hmm. my laptop up and, like, throw it across the room because I've had exactly. enough, you know. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> how it is for me, definitely. <laughs> so I'm curious so far, like, out of all the videos you've done, what is, uh, what's your favorite one that you've done so far? Ooh, my favorite one would probably have to be the Welcome to My World video. Um, that video I decided to do randomly. Um, there really wasn't any reason for it. I just thought it would be a good idea to kind of explain some of my life to my audience because I forget that most of my subscribers don't know me. Like, over half of my subscribers are in a different country. Yeah. So they really want to, you know, feel like they know you and I want to give that to them. So. I really feel like I've gotten a lot of good feedback on that video. Um, so that's one of my favorite personal ones. One of my favorite educational ones would probably be the Anna Nicole Smith video, mostly because I already knew that video by heart. And it's always kind of weird when I watch my videos back and I can tell that I'm reading off my phone, like my notes and stuff. It doesn't really seem that genuine, but um, I, I have to do it that way or I'll forget very important details. But oh, with her, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but with her, I, I basically already knew everything, so I felt like that was one of my more professional videos, even though it was shot on my phone. It took me a while to get a, a camera, so even though it looks a little grainy, it's still one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so do you have any like? Uh, is there anything that you want to tackle for a subject that you think would be like? super interesting to do that you're kind of like chomping at the bit to get at oh man i would love to start going to some abandoned or haunted well-known haunted places around you know maine even in new england even though i don't have that much money to travel but eventually i would love to go to like salem massachusetts sleepy hollow things like that 
Um, I think I would also like to do some kind of alien type video. I know that a lot of people have witnessed alien or UFOs and stuff like that here in the state of Maine. So I kind of wanted to track some of those people down and interview them about their experiences. If they're well, still around. <laughs> I'm, I'm still, you can interview me about that. Oh. You, can, you can interview both me and Gary and Chris about that because we had an experience coming back from Prescott from the university of Maine Prescott. We were playing uh -huh. a show yep. and I'll, I'll talk. I don't want to talk about it right now on air, <laughs> But well, uh, if you get, when you get ready to do that, yeah. I'll definitely talk to you about it before that after we're done recording. But definitely, yeah. and that's another reason too is because I'm from Arusta County, and I know that a lot of UFO sightings are from Arusta County. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them. Um, a very famous one takes place in the Allegash. Um, there's a couple of documentaries about that, so it's just really interesting to me. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the Allegash Three. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yep. So. I, that's one. That's like one subject I've always, uh, one one of the many subjects I guess that mm -hmm. I've always been really fascinated with. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Fire in the Sky, but that movie mm -hmm. absolutely creeps the hell yes. out of me. I mean, <laughs> yes. I am a I'm a horror nut, gore hound. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not a lot that bothers me because I've seen about everything under the sun, you know. Right. Uh -huh. And uh, that movie just oh gives me the willy. That, right. like, aliens and Bigfoot are the two things <laughs> that, like, creep me out super bad. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> but, yeah, we were we were actually, you would know where this is. I'm sure most of my listeners will have no clue where we're talking about. But uh, <laughs> going between Prescott and, like, Mars Hill, that stretch of road yeah. through there is where we kind of. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> that's where we had our little experience coming back from that show. Wow. And it's a weird thing because without going into detail, let's just say both we were in two separate vehicles, both vehicles stopped, and immediately they called me and were like, dude, did you just see that? We were like, uh, yeah. Wow. Oh, my <laughs> so gosh. If you can ask, you can, you can talk to both me and Gary about this, and I guarantee you we're going to tell you the same exact story. So Awesome. Oh, I probably will then. <laughs> so that would For be, sure. I'm just saying, we'd probably both be willing to be on that, you know, when awesome. you get ready to do that. So Yeah, no, I'll totally get a hold of you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, Maine, Maine is kind of a, it's, it's so weird with Maine because, uh, and just New England in general as, mm -hmm. you know, it's, as far as the U.S. goes, as far, you know, we're, we're some of the oldest places as far as, I guess, history, you know, United States history anyway. You right. Know, we're, we're, you know, so this, this area is the old, granted, comparative to like Europe and stuff, we're not right. that old. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but, but as far as like the U.S. goes, there's a lot of history in New England, and so I oh, think yeah. I think that definitely feeds into that whole mm. oh, excuse me paranormal mm. um, anything to do with paranormal stuff, right? Whether, whether it's the alien stuff, um, some people would say. I mean, Bigfoot kind of falls into the paranormal thing too. Mm -hmm. I guess depending yeah. on who you talk to, there's a lot right. of stuff with that, <laughs> um, and, and you know, uh, ghost anything to do with ghost stuff. Um, mm. You know, I've been, I've done investigations on and off for years with with a group, and uh, mm -hmm. so it, it's very interesting to just see how that whole 
this whole area has just kind of a a wellspring of that stuff. I don't know. It just seems like maybe even more than other parts of the country. It's really, mm-hmm. really weird. Right. Yeah, it is weird. Um, I do think that Bigfoot would fall under supernatural just because it is some type of lore, you know, and that's another thing I'd like to explore on my channel too, is like different types of urban legends or lore in different areas. So yeah, I mean, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's curious because, you know, like you, you hear some um, investigators will talk about Sasquatch mm. and with a, connection with aliens like you know oh, that a lot yeah. of times when people see sasquatch they also see mysterious lights in the sky so mm, there's some sort very of a, true some sort of a connection there i don't know interesting like that stuff you know i i wrote a i wrote a book about bigfoot so i mean it's one of those things not about specifically mm. like a history of bigfoot but a a fiction story about bigfoot right but, um yeah. it's just it's it's really interesting and the same goes with uh, like paranormal stuff in Maine, you've got, um, you've got the, 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 I don't know if you're familiar with the, the great, the gravestone in Bucksport. Um, the one with the footprint on it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also actually in the town that I live in, there's a thing called the devil's, it's called the devil's footprint. It's the same thing. Oh, it's a footprint that's been there for years and years. I mean, like we're talking like a hundred years or so it's it's been there and it's been blasted. It's been taken out (laughs) and it always comes back. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, (laughs) there's a lot of interesting things like that in the, in the state. So it would be kind of cool to be able to do some, to see you kind of take on some of those subjects and do some research into them. Yeah. Oh, I would love to. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to, that's a goal of mine. So it'll be, it'll be happening eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, uh, thank you. So recently you've done, you've, you've gotten into doing some acting. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I sure did. <laughs> so now I'm kind of curious. I know cause I kind of roped you into doing the first thing. <laughs> so, the, uh, so is that something you've always really, you know, something you've been interested in doing or is it just kind of like, Hey, I'll give this a shot and try it type thing. <laughs> Um, well, when I was really interested in the modeling thing, um, I actually went to Boston. I almost got a modeling contract there. Um, this was back in, I think, 2011-ish. Um, it didn't work out, unfortunately, but I remember them telling me that if you want to be in the modeling industry, you kind of have to be able to do everything, a little bit of everything. Yeah. So I'll never forget, they had me read a script for a Pepsi commercial, and they wanted me to like act it out for them. And I was 21 at the time, so I was still very... I don't want to say self-conscious because I've never really been a self-conscious person, but I was a little nervous. You know, I saw the other girls there and they were all doing a very good job. And then, of course, it was my turn. Totally failed. Did not do good. (laughs) So (laughs) that didn't really deter them from trying to help me with the contract, but it still didn't work out. And in a way, I'm kind of thankful because at the time, I don't think I was ready to make that kind of commitment. So years later, um, actually, when I was about 26, I decided you know what, when I turn 30, I'm going to make a bucket list and I'm going to try to accomplish a lot of things that either are challenging or things that I've just always wanted to do. And um, one of the things on that list was just try to branch out. I mean, I've already done the YouTube thing. I've already put myself out there for the entire world to see. Might as well, you know, try to just have fun. So if someone wants, you know, me to 
be a part of something, of course I'm going to do it. I mean, it's just fun to begin with. I was really nervous at first, but it's just awesome. So I plan on doing some more of it in the future if the opportunity ever arises. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who don't know my band in the Kingdom of Nightmares, we shot a video <laughs> for the for our song Plague Bringer. Um, mm-hmm. And... Samantha was part of that, along with our friends Rachel Curtis and Max McFarland, who are in the bit of Eru, who were on my last episode, episode 107. Go and check that out if you haven't done that yet. But, uh, yeah, so we shot the video. We I had an absolute blast doing it. I thought oh, yeah. it was a really good time. It was fun. That part of the video came out awesome. Mm-hmm. Then we shot the band section of it, which I was trying to be a part of direct, run the camera. You know, anybody who's done that stuff knows it's very hard to do everything yourself as far as, like, that stuff goes. (laughs) And it was stupidly called out. We kind of rushed up, and the performance part of the video didn't come out the way we wanted it. It wasn't, like, up to our standards. Like, Mm. I don't think it was awful, but it wasn't up to our standards. Right. Um, So... We were kind of getting ready to reshoot everything when the mm-hmm. whole COVID thing hit. So we've right. kind of been in a holding pattern as far as being <laughs> able to redo that section of the video and get the get the rest of it done so we can put it out. Eventually, I'm hoping before the end of this year, you guys are actually <laughs> going to get to see the finished video for Plaguebringer. Um, so you'll get to see... Sam's acting debut, I believe, right? <laughs> yep, that was my very first time ever acting. Um, and as you said, it was so cold. I remember it freezing. It was just, I think it was October, right? October, beginning of November. I can't right. remember. Yeah. yeah, and I was wearing this little dress. And I mean, it was real cute, but I was real cold. <laughs> so <laughs> I kept forgetting my lines. But um, I was really nervous to see because you did send us like a little a little demo of the first version that you guys shot. And I loved it. I was so happy that it came out so good. And then you said that you guys wanted to redo it. And I'm like, well, it can only go up from here. Right. I mean, <laughs> so I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, I mean, that was, and that was the thing. It was it wasn't that you know, as as a creative person, which we were just talking about, you're mm-hmm. you're your own worst enemy sometimes, and oh, yeah. your own worst critic. So, yep, it was one of those things like we can put this out, and I don't think people would hate it, right? But we know we can do better than that, and it mm-hmm. deserve. You know, it's like one of those things like it deserves better than that, right? So, yeah. So, totally. and like I said, it had nothing to do with like the story part of it, which you mm-hmm. were a part of it was the band stuff. It just didn't seem to really flow for us. And that was what we right. were like, eh, seems like, you know, <laughs> we, when we shot that, we actually shot that like a month or so after you did your stuff. So it was even colder when oh. we did our stuff. I mean, oh, it no. was like below zero. Oh so, man, I couldn't. <laughs> and we were shooting stuff outside in the snow and it was just, yeah. it was you were at our jam space where we shot the video. It's cold mm-hmm. in there anyway. Right. So when you're trying to do stuff like that, it's hard to get into it, you know, especially when mm-hmm. you're playing because you're freezing. And exactly. We were just like, yep. oh, the energy is just not there. It's like, right. so, so I'm hoping, like I said, once things calm down a little bit, we can, we can redo, uh, we can get the stuff redone. We have mm-hmm. a couple options. So I'm, Again, but the whole COVID thing is also holding me up from the option B. 
Because mm-hmm. I think we're going to do two versions of it and see which one we like the best. Um, oh, okay, cool. So it's uh, <laughs> you'll see it before anybody else because I, you know, I'll make sure right. I send a copy to you and Max and Rachel and everybody involved with it. To, but um, <laughs> so uh, so you did that, and then yep. just recently you also acted in. I don't know how much I can talk about it, so I'm trying to be careful about what I say. <laughs> uh, you also acted in a project that uh, people will be able to see very soon, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I was told it was totally okay to announce that I am going to be in an episode of The Morty Sutter Show. Um I'm not sure when it's going to be coming out, but I did just shoot the part right before the lockdown happened. So before no one could leave their house and stuff like that. So um, we still kept the set down to just, it was just the three of us. Um, I think there was actually four of us, but someone was outside. Um, But yeah, it came together really well. I'm really excited to see how it, well, I think it came together really well. I'm not (laughs) sure, but (laughs) I thought it was awesome. I had a lot of fun and um, I'm, yeah, hoping I can do it again. They said that they... When when we did the the last shot and I was talking with uh, the director, I said, "Man, this is awesome! I'd love to do it again sometime." And he said, "Oh, you'll be back." So oh, <laughs> hopefully, good. I'll be back. Good. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm glad that worked out for you because I know when he he put out a casting call mm-hmm. and he was looking for people, and I was like, "You know what?" I was like, "Sam would be really good for that." I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna just tell him to get a hold of her or her to get. A, I can't I'm remember so glad who I got a hold of because. Yep. Yeah. I was like, that would be, I said, that would be cool. I bet she would be perfect for like that sort of thing right there. So, you know. And you know, it's kind of funny um, that the, the same outfit I wore in, in your, in your music video is the same outfit I wore for this episode <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't have another outfit um, that would fit me actually. So I'm like, well, I don't have enough time to go shopping. Looks like I'm just going to have to revamp the same outfit. <laughs> oh, that's all right. A little creativity never hurt anything, right. you know, goes, goes a long way. So. Yep. <laughs> the, uh, uh, so, you know, so, so hopefully if things work out, you know, you'll get to do some mm-hmm. more of that stuff and maybe that will lead to some more opportunities with you, with, with the acting stuff and getting a chance to. Yeah, to maybe. More. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I really, this is just coming from myself cause I've, I haven't really seen myself act that much. Like the Morty Sutter episode hasn't come out yet. So I haven't really, I don't know what I look like or how I sound, you know? So it's always a little nerve wracking because I don't think I'll be able to get a sneak peek of that before it just comes out. Right. Right. So if, if I ever do get another chance to do some acting, I definitely, I don't know, maybe I would take an acting class or two, like just to make sure. <laughs> Cause um, in the, in the Morty Sutter episode, um, one of the things that he wanted me to do was make it seem like, fly forward you know make me seem like i was flying forward yeah um in in the back of a car and i thought in my mind that i was prepared for that but when it came time to do it it just i knew that i couldn't do it right <laughs> so because i've never pretended like you know to to do that so he's <laughs> like it's okay i'll just get a shot of him doing it and i'm like okay that's fine <laughs> i thought i was mentally prepared but physically i don't think i was so i just got to be careful of that next time but it, it, other than that it was awesome it's definitely a different mindset because mm-hmm. i mean the the only thing i've really acted in never got finished oh so <laughs> i've never actually seen any of the footage for it but i know exactly what you're talking about you know yeah you have to do certain things and in your mind it's like i'm all ready to go and then they yell mm-hmm. action and then <laughs> yeah. you're you know you're thinking about it and especially 
especially with like certain things, you only can get like so many shots sometimes of certain things because of budgetary restrictions or, you know, the scene, one of the scenes that I was in involved, we had blood capsules and stuff in our mouth Mm -hmm. and we had fog and we had all all this stuff, but it's like, Mm -hmm. we have one take to nail this and we only have so long to go through and get this stuff. So, right. Because of budget, you know, budgetary Mm -hmm. reasons. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you're trying to go through your head. You're on one hand, you're trying to do what you're supposed to do. And then on the other (laughs) hand, you're sitting there going, don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly it. Oh my word. It's so crazy. (laughs) You know, and then in the the end, I think I'm sure it's like anything, the more you do it, the more comfortable Mm. you get doing it, you know, so or you you get that, um, you get into a rhythm or you, you know, you get into just that, um, I guess be able to get into that mindset of okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what needs to be done, mm-hmm. you know. And that and that was the other thing. In a different part of that same thing, I had to I had to memorize lines, which I have yeah. done before, you know. But it's been mm-hmm. a long time since I've had to memorize <laughs> lines for anything. So right. So it was like you get up there and they yell go, and then you do it, and it's like you're you're almost all the way through it. And then it's like oh shit, what was that? Uh, Oh, sorry, can we go again? You know, it's like, yep. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you start feeling like a burden. You know, you're like, man, I'm the asshole that's keeping us from moving to the next scene. You know, I don't know right. what's going on. You know? Yep. I remember he he shot that part of me flying forward. Um, I think a couple times before he's like, okay, let me just get a shot of him doing it because <laughs> obviously it's going to come out great no matter what. He he needs to get all different shots. Um, I understand that, but in the in my mind, I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to nail this. And then the whole time, I'm like, oh man, I'm wasting this man's time <laughs> right you feel but, um, you feel bad about it yes going on. oh exactly <laughs> i did feel bad but absolutely i i i still have hopes of possibly maybe before the end of the summer there's some, i've i've wanted to shoot some stuff for a long time and i've got some short screenplays and different things that i've wanted to which i think i sent you one of them yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it, and there's some things that I'm kind of interested in maybe try doing on my own. I've always, I'm kind of like you in that aspect of like, I've always wanted, you know, to write and direct stuff. And mm-hmm. I just always was like, I live in Maine. There's no way I'm going to be able to do it. I don't have the, you know, but over the years, I've kind of through various things happening, mm-hmm. I have managed to learn a lot of the different stuff involved with, actually doing all different aspects of it. Right. <laughs> so I feel like now I'm kind of able to maybe put all that together and shoot something. So, you know, I'd like to shoot something, even if it's really short, just, you know, just to to say, hey, I did it and gave it a shot, and this is what happened, What how, you know, tight deal. So I think we right. have to do that stuff, especially as we get older. I think there's a, you know, as you go through life, you hit different milestones mm-hmm. and there's different things that, you know, you do. But I think as we, as we get older, not, you're quite a bit younger than I am. So, <laughs> but as you get older, I feel like those, those first and those new things kind of become less and less. So I think it's mm-hmm. important to challenge yourself to do mm-hmm. more new things and just, because I think it helps keep a fresh perspective with things, and it, and it keeps you 
interested in doing stuff and not just falling into a rut of doing the same thing all the time, which is definitely easy to do. Oh yeah, <laughs> especially right now, you know, with everything with everything that's going on. Most time, I'm lucky if I know what day it is ninety percent oh, of the time. Man. For real, yeah. Every day just bleeds into the next, and uh, <laughs> I can't wait for it to be over. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I mean, and I don't even know why I say that because I'm a I'm an introvert. I basically just stay home all day anyway. I work at night, so nothing's really changed for me. But it's just the fact that I can't do it that makes me want to do it even more. Well, right, right. So, oh, I I'm kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm a. I've always said I'm an introvert. I'm an introverted extrovert. Like, yes, <laughs> I like being around people. Yes, but I like being around people under my terms and when I mm-hmm. want to be around people. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I'm just as happy being at home, you know, doing whatever, watching movies or writing or right. whatever. I'm just mm-hmm. as happy doing that as I am being out. But when exactly. I want to go out and do stuff, I want to go out and do stuff. So yep. most of the time I'm fine, but it seems like every, you know, about once a week or so, I'm like, I really want to go and do something. And I just, yep. oh, and then, then my anxiety goes right through the friggin' roof because mm-hmm. I, it's like, I can't go do anything. And I'm freaking sick of being in the damn house. And I, <laughs> yep. you know? So Because your options, I know every state. You know, depending on where you are listening to this, I know every state is a little different, but but here, right now, even still, right now, and and uh, they they kind of just announced a soft reopening of the state, whatever that means. Yeah. And you know, then it's like a tiered thing. Well, you can't have a group of more than five people. You can't do this. You can't. So there's still a lot of stuff you can't do. There are things you can do. Mm-hmm. But. You know, mm, it's like yeah. I haven't seen any of the guys in my band for five or six weeks now because we <laughs> haven't been able to practice. We can't, you know. Right. It just it's sad. It's 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 not that. I mean, there's a, people that have a lot worse things going on right now, and there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I'm not trying to <laughs> say, oh, woe is me. But right. <laughs> just from from a perspective, like I completely understand mm-hmm. anybody that's going nuts right now and, and needs to get out and do things and just you need to feel like there's some semblance of normalcy going on it's so weird you know it's just so weird not being able to go do stuff or when you do go stuff everybody is kind of freaked out about being out in public Mm. and around other people and you get and then you get those random people that look like they're completely off in space and have no idea (laughs) that anything is going on and just you know right it's yep. it's like um hello you know it's, like, it's it's true it's it's one of those things and I'm sure everybody like me I I'm trying not to talk about the COVID thing too much and but it's, right because I don't know you can't help it, it well it's 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 a pretty uh it's a pretty relevant topic right now as much as I don't sure want to gab about that right but it's um yeah it's. It's one of those things. It's like you don't want to talk about it because you're sick of talking about it. But at the same time, it's like I need to talk about it mm-hmm. a little bit because I haven't got to talk about it with anybody. Because I'm not, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like it's not like I'm hanging out with my friends and we're bitching about it, getting out of our system or whatever. You know, it's like right. so you just it feels like once you get on the path of talking about it, it's just like oh, you know, it's kind mm-hmm. of a, kind of a different thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, 
back to your YouTube channel real quick. What are okay. what are some of the future? I mean, I know you said you kind of wing it with subjects and stuff like that, but like, what are some of your goals and some of the stuff that you really are really want to do with the YouTube channel? Um, well, to be honest, that's actually a good question because I know a lot of people when they start YouTube, the end goal is to basically be famous and make a lot of money because that's you really only see YouTubers that are extremely successful yeah. unless you go looking for the the lower ones, I guess. Um, like right now, I've only got about 400 subscribers, which is way more than I thought I would even get to begin with. But now that I'm at this point, I feel like, well, I mean, it can only go up from here. <laughs> so I don't know. My goal isn't to be a famous by any means, but I, I've always wanted to get my story out there. I have had a very interesting life, I guess. Definitely something that I'd like to share with other people, but I don't know. I kind of feel like when I started my channel, I didn't know exactly if I wanted to make it all about me or make it all about, you know, this or that. So it's really just a mix of everything. And I'm just going to keep it that way. I'm just going to keep doing what I want to do. Um, I don't know I, if brand deals or anything. I mean, I'm, I don't do makeup. I don't do reviews. So when it really comes down to it, I'm just kind of doing it for fun. And that's probably going to be the only reason I keep doing it. <laughs> so I don't see me getting any free stuff out of it or anything like that. I mean, you never know, but um, I just enjoy doing it. So I And I think that's the key with anything creative like that. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, you've got to enjoy doing it yeah. on some level. I mean, being in a band for years and doing stuff, there was always that, you know, there was always that dream and there was always, not always, I guess, because that wouldn't really be the right term, but there had been opportunities mm -hmm. that for one reason or the other, you know, kind of like you said with your, you know, almost getting the modeling deal and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, there, there was opportunities in different bands that I was in where we were like that close to having a record deal and, you know, right. we're like right on mm -hmm. the cusp of going to that next level and for one reason or the other things didn't work out right yeah so you know and it's really weird when you're in a creative situation like that because you get focused on that next level that you know that next tier or whatever and then when it doesn't happen it becomes extremely frustrating then you start second guessing yourself especially when that's all you're focusing on that i think sometimes you tend to maybe lose focus on why you started doing this stuff in the first place. Yep. You know, so it, it takes you, in a, it, you know, and then it becomes, well, I'm just doing this now and whatever. I'm not going to do, I don't want to do this anymore, you know, type thing. Right. It becomes one of those. I know mm -hmm. I stopped playing music for, you know, being in a regular band for seven years because I, I got burned out because I had gotten to that point two different times where we were like that close and it just yep. didn't work out. And I was just like, mm -hmm. the, you know, in the, in the last time we got to that point, I had to make a decision. It's like, I, do I want to go out on the road, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and yep. not make any money and struggle and, and, or yep. I have an okay job and a house and a more, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> What a, you know, and it gets to that point, and it's really weird when you get to a point where you have to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. and, at, and at that time, I just didn't feel like it was the right thing to do. And I, you know, and I right. had to back off from doing it. And 
Mm-hmm. And in the end, I guess it was the right decision because it didn't end up working out for the other guys either, you know, so it's, yeah, you know, and, and I feel bad because we all wanted it, but you know, at the same mm-hmm. time, it's one of those things, like sometimes stuff works out in weird ways, you know, for, yep, exactly. you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's sometimes different, different things happen because of other things you've done, you know, like it's, it, it's weird. And there's kind of this serendipitous freaking synchronicity, the thing, how things work sometimes. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought too, when my modeling contract kind of fell through and I was really upset, but at the same time I thought to myself, maybe it's just not the right time. Like I just always felt in my life that I was meant to do something. I mean, more than just work a nine to five. And whenever I post video, I mean, I have people telling me, oh, when your channel gets big or your channel's going to get so big, just give it some time. And I mean, if other people are saying that to me, I don't, they don't have any reason to be nice to me. They don't have any reason to say that unless they mean it. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I It reminds me of that time when my modeling contract fell through and I thought to myself, well, maybe it's not the right time. Now, I think, is the right time. Like, <laughs> I've been through a lot in my life that's very humbling. And I think that I'm more mature now. I'm more responsible now. Um, and I can maintain myself, um, you know, like going through different things that, result in like severe depression and like severe anxiety like there was no way I could have held the channel together five years ago so I don't know I'm just at a very different place in my life now even if it doesn't go anywhere that's totally fine with me I mean just putting myself out there is something I've always wanted to do I mean I did want to do modeling so I don't mind being on line I guess I mean no one that's another thing too I don't really get a lot of trolls like I know that when a lot of people start out people love to just like dive in like vultures and pick you apart Uh, but that really hasn't happened to me very much I did get a couple of um some randoms I think since the virus hit people are bored and they're on YouTube now and um I've gotten a lot more subscribers in the past couple of weeks than I've had since I've started my channel. So a couple of bad ones trickle in. But other than that, I've been really surprised that I've gotten an overwhelming amount of support and encouragement. So I don't know, maybe it's I'm meant to do it. That's I don't know. <laughs> Signs, I guess. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I absolutely hear it. And this this is mm-hmm. the thing I've learned from experience. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, the negative people are way louder than the people that enjoy your stuff. It's just how it works. You know, yeah. it's like, I will have 30 people tell me that they love one of my books and they really enjoyed it. But mm-hmm. getting those people to, like, leave a positive review or do something is next to impossible. But the people yep. that don't like your stuff, that's, mm-hmm. they, they're the loudest. They're the ones that are going to be like, <laughs> well, I wouldn't have done this. But, the uh-huh. you know, this is the thing. And it, I, that used to piss me off so bad. <laughs> and. You know, people will be like, well, don't take it to heart. Don't be, I was like, mm-hmm. dude, I don't care who you are or what right. level you're at. Anybody talking like shit about you in mm-hmm. any form or the other of something that you put time and heart and soul into doing and, right. you know, mm-hmm. it sucks and it's hard not to get mad and fire off a rebuttal and be like, well, fuck you. What do you know? What have you done? <laughs> you know, it'd be like, dude, I will exactly. meet you outside and kick the shit out of you. You don't know me, you know? <laughs> exactly oh my goodness same here i mean my uh, i have a video on my channel called the story of dory and cory and it's um the story of a uh, transgender transgender drag queen from new york back in the 70s 80s and um she basically killed 
someone. They don't know if it was like a lover or someone who was trying to rob her. Um, but she killed him, put him in a bag in her closet for 20 years. They didn't find him until she died. And I don't know, I've gotten, I think, 15 or 16,000 views on that video so far. <laughs> and yeah, I, I had, a, that was the only video I've ever had any trolls on. And they were always like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You need to do some more research and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I did this research for a week. Like, I know what I'm talking about. How about you make your own video if you think you know so much, you yeah. know? So it's hard not to, like, clap back because I don't want people to be like, oh, she's rude. Or, you know, even though I don't really care what people think because I can be very rude. <laughs> I can tell people where to go if they have a problem. Um, but I try not to because I'm not a miserable bitch. <laughs> so... I try to be positive. I try to be happy. And if people want to leave trolling comments, I just delete them and block them. I don't even care. Yeah. I mean, yep. I don't mind. <laughs> you know, it's the thing. It, it, this is, and this is the thing. I don't mind constructive criticism. Right. Is one exactly. thing. But when the people are just like, I'm mad at the world and yep. this isn't what mm -hmm. I agree with. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's exactly. It's, <laughs> Those are, and again, but again, those people are usually the loudest. Exactly. So I, I feel like a lot of those people, it's like, I don't have any talent. I can't do anything. So I'm going to mm -hmm. scream and holler at you because maybe that will get me noticed. Exactly. You know? Yep. So it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things. I mean, constructive criticism is one thing. Right. You know, mm -hmm. But it's, again, I was... I don't know, maybe it was just the way that I'm raised and I'm simple, but I've, always, <laughs> I've generally always, I was raised, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it type deal. Right. So mm -hmm. it's very rare for me to leave like a really bad, bad review about something or same negative, mm -hmm. you know, like, because why? What does that solve? Unless it's something like glaringly awful that needs to be called right. out, you know, I try exactly. to, I will say, Hey, I didn't enjoy this, but I could see maybe people who like this might enjoy it. Or, right. you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's a different, you know, I, I think a lot of people, but don't have that mindset. And it's really, that just is so weird to me, <laughs> you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's like, um, they, some people just like to project also. They basically just are, mad or sad on the inside and they have to take it out on other people that's just the way it is sometimes and you can always tell who those people are too because they're exactly like as you said they're just mean for no reason like you don't have to tell someone that their face is stupid and that they they sound stupid and their whole video is stupid i mean what good is that i mean tell them why <laughs> you know at least try to be a little bit nice and like you said constructive criticism but if you're just gonna like start calling names and telling people that they're full of lies when they're not i mean it's just like obviously you have an issue and you need to confront yourself because you really shouldn't be on the internet. <laughs> There's know? a lot of people that shouldn't be on the internet, but that's a whole <laughs> right. different show for a whole other time. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot of people that, that I don't think went to like nursery school or kindergarten and learned right. how to play well with others that just yes. have a very hard mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. and, exactly. And I have noticed, and I'm sure, I don't know, maybe it's just me because I'm a guy, but it seems like, Guys are way worse as far as just spewing off, like, anger than yeah. women are. Mm -hmm. I, I have seen women that leave some pretty dumb, nasty stuff, too, but... 
Yeah. To me, it seems like it seems like guys, and I often wonder with guys if it's like that alpha male thing. You know what I mean? That it's mm. like, yep, I biggest club go hit dinosaur, you know, type thing. <laughs> I have assert dominance. Uh, you know, it's just I think mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think I think like that, so it's hard for me maybe to judge right. that sometimes. But there yeah. are there are times like I see dudes, it's like, dude. You need to back off on the testosterone, the testosterone, just a <laughs> tiny little bit because you don't look cool. You look like a jackass. Uh huh. You know? But though, for sure, to me, it's the same people that you see out and about that it, you don't even have to speak to them, and they just have that whole vibe about them that says, "I'm a douchebag." <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. you know. I, it's like not to be negative about other people, but there are people you see them and it's like, I don't oh, even yeah. have to talk to you. Dude, I mm-hmm. know you are a douchebag. I don't want to, you know. Oh, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you, you're angry. I can, I can pretty much probably sit here and, you know, nail five, ten things of you. I bet I can nail seven of them right off the top of my head without ever even speaking to you. Just, just mm-hmm. seeing how you project the way you act, you know. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. And that carries o- and that carries over to online because and I think it's worse online because Oh, definitely. You know, yeah. as one of my friends said, come say the same thing to me to my face that you're saying to me online because you won't do it because you know if you say it to my face I'll probably knock you out. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not, you know, That's the I'm truth. not adhering physical violence anyone towards anybody, but I'm just <laughs> saying it's true. I know a lot of people that will run their mouth till they're blue in the face, but the first time somebody says something to them in person, they cower mm-hmm. and they back off. They will not run their mouth because they know exactly. they're going to get the shit kicked out of them. It's just... <laughs> yep. So it's just it's yep. weird. I Like I said, I don't want to go down that this path too much because right. we could really go <laughs> off and I'm going to sound like the same angry person that I'm talking about not being. So... <laughs> so uh, if you had a chance, this is this is a question, I guess, that I wanted to ask you about your channel. If you had a chance mm-hmm. to do like a documentary about any band that's not Tool or Tool related, <laughs> <laughs> who would it be? Oh, damn, no Tool. Because I know you're a big um, Tool fan, so I kind of want to see other than Tool, <laughs> you know, or Tool related pro or Maynard related projects, I guess. Right. Who would you be interested in doing like a documentary about maybe sitting down and talking with certain members of the band or whatever? Oh, is this like a hypothetical question or like a, a, a an attainable goal question? It could be both. <laughs> Do you know? Okay. You got to look at it this way. You got to look at it that sphere of things like it could be both. It could be. Right. Oh, man, that is such a great question. Well, right off the top of my head, I would have to say Marilyn Manson. I love Marilyn Manson. I know a lot about him. Not everything, but a lot. Um, He was my favorite growing up, um, besides Tool, obviously, and Nine Inch Nails. If I could sit down with Trent Reznor for just five minutes, it would be the best five minutes of my life. Also, um, Rob Zombie. So, yeah, those were my three tops. If I could ha- make a documentary or interview any band, it would definitely be Marilyn Manson, Trent Reznor, or Rob Zombie. Yeah, and I think <laughs> all three of those actually would be, they would be really interesting people to sit down with and talk to about different stuff for varying, right. varying different reasons. Like, yeah. I'm not, 
I like all three of them. I'm not the biggest fan of mm-hmm. all of them, but I find all right. three of them super interesting. And I think mm-hmm. they're the type of people that even if you're not a fan of what they do, mm-hmm. they would be interesting enough that you would want to like, I want to know like, what is this dude's deal? You know, why is, right. what, what's different things? You know, I think Trent Reznor is absolutely brilliant as far as being a musician yeah. goes and how he does stuff and Rob mm-hmm. Zombie's. You know, I personally like Rob Zombie's movies better than I do his music. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm yep. a White Zombie fan. I loved White Zombie. Oh, I love White Zombie. I'm, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I do like some of his solo stuff, but, I mean, I really enjoy his movies. But I'm also a huge horror nerd, so it kind of, you know. Yeah. It's uh-huh. I know. Sherry Moon Zombie is one of my idols. She has been for, like, most of my life. So if I could talk to her and Rob, that would be so great. That would be, yeah, that would be interesting because those guys have been together mm-hmm. for a long time. and they Forever. You, you, yep. They're kind of joined at the hip. You don't see, oh, yeah. you know, one without the other too often as far as, like, anything they do. You know, it's very, very mm-hmm. weird. So. And she kind of started out a little bit like me. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about her life, but I know that, you know, in her early 20s, she met Rob and he started making her a part of his music videos. And then eventually when he made movies, she became, you know, mostly in all of his movies, she's in there. So I don't know, in a way, I kind of resonate with her a lot and I just love her. So hopefully, I don't know, someday I would even just love to like see them (laughs) somehow, some way. I, um... I saw, I think the first time I remember seeing her, like, recognize her in a video was for mm-hmm. Black Sunshine. Mm. I, I'm pretty yep. sure that's her in that video, if I remember correctly. But yeah. <laughs> She's basically in all of them. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, and and uh, she was on the stage a few years ago off to, like, the side while he was playing a few years ago when I saw them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was... It's like, oh, there she is, you know, because he... Right. But it, it, it's it's just, yeah, that's interesting. That would be cool. Those are three very interesting people to, I guess, would be interesting people to sit down. Manson has just got such mm-hmm. a history and so much stuff that's oh, happened, yeah. and he's gotten blamed for so much stuff. Oh, and man. I, yeah. I mean, I don't care what, what you think about his music or him personally. The dude's very smart and very articulate. Very. I've listened mm-hmm. to some interviews with him and stuff, and it's like th- that dude's very smart. He's he's not you know oh, yeah. he's not just a. I mean, I realize he does shock rock, mm-hmm. but he's you know. But the same way, it's really weird. Like you listen to Alice Cooper speak, and mm-hmm. Alice Cooper is very very intellectual, very smart guy. So yep. it's kind of weird to see how like you you get those <laughs> like really really smart dudes. You know, that do the shock rock thing. It's very interesting. I find right. it very interesting that there's kind of a correlation with the intelligence and doing this thing that's going to shock people and get them to notice stuff. And Right, exactly. It, it's very interesting. So, yeah, yeah. It is. Um, I love it. <laughs> so, we're going to, we're kind of winding things down a little bit. Um, okay. Is there anything you would like to talk about before we, we kind of roll out that we might have missed or I might have forgot to talk to you about? Or... Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Um, huh. Mostly just, you know, that if anyone wants to check out my channel, like I said, it's on YouTube um, under Samantha Ghost. Um, you can also follow me on my Instagram at Samantha Ghost. Basically, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram and Twitter is all Samantha Ghost. <laughs> so I don't really use um, Twitter that much. 
I don't know how it works. Like I've tried to use it a couple of times, but I don't know how to like get followers because when you post something, no one sees it unless you have followers. It, it's so. really weird. I I yeah. I tried the Twitter thing for a while and just mm-hmm. found it's like every angry person on the planet is on Twitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's exactly. Just, I don't know. Yep. It's like. It's like, this is where all the people that like to argue and just be negative go. I've never found any use for Twitter. Like, I have one for my author page, Mm -hmm. but I don't actually ever use it. I have a direct... Right. I have, like, a direct thing where when I post on Facebook or Instagram, it will post on Twitter. But Mm -hmm. it's probably been, like, three years since I've actually been (laughs) on Twitter for anything. Like, so if you answered... You know, asked a question or mm-hmm. anything like that. I'd never seen it because it's just I just try to avoid it. It's hard enough managing one or two pages, let alone you know. Anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, well, thank you very much for being on the show, Sam. And I will, I definitely love to have you back on. And good luck with everything. And I'm anxious to see you in the Morty Suter show. And oh, thank and you. And hopefully, everybody will get to see her debut acting performance in the <laughs> Kingdom of Nightmares video for Plague Ringer uh, very sooner than later as long as everything <laughs> kind of works out and calms down and keeps mm-hmm. going to the thing but um, again thank you very much make sure you go subscribe to her channel check out her videos leave comments like stuff spread the word if you enjoy it and um, you know help her encourage her to keep doing what she's doing because it's awesome and I I enjoy it and I think you will too thank you so much I really appreciate it I had an absolute blast talking with Sam and I hope you enjoyed the interview I actually got thinking uh, afterwards because we had uh, it was a bit rushed because we've been trying to you know finagle a time and because we can't do it in person we had to do it over Skype and it was yeah, you know, it's a whole thing, but um, I had a blast with Sam, but I, I actually, there was a few things I wanted to talk to her about that I forgot completely because I kind of got caught up in the moment. We were trying to, you know, do stuff and remember things, which does happen sometimes, and that's also penance for me, I guess, not writing questions down because I hate to do that, as I think I, I mentioned, um, but I'll definitely have Sam on again. Be sure to check out her YouTube page. Just type in samantha ghost again i will post links in the show notes i want to thank everybody for listening to the show it's been fun being back once things back to normal a little bit you know it's uh i'm hoping to have uh you know the guest here which i i don't mind doing them over skype but i'd much rather have them here because there's always the flow is more organic it just seems to work out that's not always the case because of distance and Stuff like that. Sometimes there's, you know, no other way to do it but Skype. Um, but, hey, it works. We're able to do it. I hope you guys enjoy it. And thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Please like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Average Joe's Drive-In. You'll be able to find it. Um, you know, rate, leave a like on whatever app you're listening to the show on. Um, if you want to leave uh a brief comment about what you like about the show or whatever, please do that as well. Tell your friends about it. And thank you very much. I will see you guys again next month. On that note, I will see you sexy animals on the flip side. And here's one more from Thy Enemy. This is, and then it all went black. <laughs>